Thanks for joining me on Keeping It Real with the Morgans, a podcast designed for the less than perfect parent. I'm Kristen Morgan, and our goal is to keep it real while striving to be a little bit better. So welcome back, podcast number three. It's pretty exciting, exciting times here at the Morgans. I was uh, talking with one of my sons recently who is married, and we were having a great conversation. I just... It's so fun to have married kids. Uh, It's just they're growing up and you can have these great conversations. And I love that I'm learning from my my grown children. So we were chatting and he happened to mention that he and his wife were talking about marriage. And his wife asked him, is there anything in your parents' marriage that, that you would change or that you wish they would have done differently? And Carter said, oh, I said who it was. Carter said, no, actually, I I really, you know, admire my parents' marriage. And so me as a mom, you know, that just melts your heart because so often you feel like you don't know what the heck you're doing. So I was like, oh, fantastic, you know, a little win. And then Carter said, now parenting, there are definitely some things I would change. <laughs> I loved it. I loved the honesty because he's totally right. I mean, our goal is to be a little bit better than the people that came before us. And so I love, I love that he is wanting to do things differently. And I hope that all of my children improve on my parenting. But I started thinking about that because it's so true. You look back over your life and you think, oh man, there are some things that I would have done differently as a parent. So I thought I would talk about a few of those today. Now, some of them are are small and some are a little bit bigger. And I was thinking about that because when I was young, I just thought, hey, if I just do everything right, everything will turn out fine. And first of all, that's a total fallacy. We can do everything, quote, right. And things don't always turn out the way we planned. Although the older I get, the more I'm beginning to see that you know, maybe God designs it that way for us to mold us to be the people that we become. But regardless, when I was younger, I just thought, man, I just need to do all these things right. And then I can lessen, you know, the bad consequences that might come from doing it wrong. And of course, that doesn't happen. (laughs) I did lots of things wrong. And maybe wrong's the, not the correct word. I think we gain wisdom. I hope we gain wisdom as as we grow older and I certainly am wiser and I parent differently, you know, at 46 than I did at 26. And what I do with my fifth and sixth child is different than what I would do with my first and second child. And that's a whole nother subject because there are trade-offs regardless of where you fall in a family. But I did start reflecting on some of those things. What would I have done differently? So I would love to hear your thoughts on this because it was sort of a fun, slightly terrifying exercise in my brain when I did this. But some of the smaller things that I thought about were, I wish my kids were not picky eaters. And I think I totally encourage that. Now, I don't know. I think some kids come and they they are just naturally more sensitive to taste or texture or whatever that may be. I think mine, most of mine started out somewhat picky and because 
it was easier. I just fed them mostly foods that they like. I don't remember it being a conscious effort. I think it was very sort of, you know, background latent effort, but it, it just became easier to feed them what they wanted. And when probably my three oldest were young and Dave would work late. And so I would feed the kids something earlier and then he, Dave and I would eat when, when he got home. And so it was just easier to fix them, you know, things they liked pancake or ham and cheese sandwiches or, you know, something like that, pizza, whatever the case may be. But what happened is that I have raised a number of picky eaters. I think some of them are getting it, getting over it as they get older. Not all of them, but I have one child that I'm pretty sure could live quite happily in life on goldfish and Oreos. Now I've been around other family members and friends and their kids will eat anything. And it makes, I think that alone, if my kids would have eaten anything, I think that would have solved a lot of my cooking issues, lack of skill, lack of desire. So I wish I would have been better about not raising picky eaters. Another thing, I wish I would have made my kids sing at family home evening. So in our family, once a week, we try to have a family night and sort of traditionally that looks a certain way. I'm not saying it needs to look that way, but one of the things, one of the things I grew up with and my husband grew up with for family night was that the family would sing a song together. I think maybe when the kids were little, we might've done this somewhere along the way. I'm guessing in about the preteen years that fell by the wayside and we just don't do it. In fact, it's a joke at our house, like, Hey, let's sing a song. And everyone rolls their eyes. The closest we've gotten is one night while we were sitting down to family home evening, the little song that the dryer plays when it's done went off and we all hummed that together. So that's sort of sad. But I wish we would have sang together because one, my husband's a beautiful singer and my kids are really great singers and we're kind of discovering that later in life. So, you know, they could have been way ahead of the game if I just would have made them sing Give Said a Little Stream at family night. So that's one thing I wish I would have done differently. I wish that we would have played games more as a family. This one was a tricky one because when the kids are little... There was eh, some grumpiness, maybe, (laughs) if certain children didn't win, or I'm a peacemaker, and so, I mean, I think we've all done it, where you play Candyland, and you kind of stack the deck so your kid will win, because you don't want to have to deal with the fact that they're going to come in second to you, and, you know, throw a bit of a hissy fit. So I think somewhere that started when the kids were little. I'm also super impatient, so I don't want to learn a game if it takes me longer than five minutes to figure out the rules. And yet I like strategic games. I just am lazy and I don't want to learn the rules. I wish they could just transplant them in my head. But I do wish we had played games more as a family because I think that's a good, cheap thing you can do as a family. Now, we do other things as a family. I think we get some quality time in there, but... Uh, my kids love playing games. My older kids love playing games and they love getting together and playing games. So I wish they would have been better about that. Oh, I thought of another one. I wish that I would have 
worked more side by side with my kids or allowed them to help more when they were younger. Let's face it, having a house full of little kids, I'd say 80% of the time I was in survival mode. And it was a lot easier for me to do the dishes myself in the moment or clean the bathroom or run errands, whatever it was, make dinner when it was just me. And yet now I look back on that and think, you know, I lost out on some valuable time there. I lost out on some time, you know, spending with my children, but also more importantly, teaching them the importance of work and teaching them the joy of serving together and understanding that we all have a role in our house and we all need to keep things going. Now that doesn't mean they didn't ever work. I mean, we had kitchen jobs and we had things like that, but I know there were lots of opportunities that I missed by not asking them to, to help or by saying, no, I've got this or by not taking them to serve with me, those sorts of things. So I do wish that we had worked together more side by side. Some of them, some of the things that I thought about that I wish I would have been better about are a little bit bigger and they've had maybe eh, more substantial consequences. So one that I thought about right off the bat has to do with technology. And I'm, I've actually recorded a podcast on this. Uh, that I'll, I'll probably do at a later date. I want to think about it some more. It's a, a bit of a touchy subject, but our kids have phones and the younger ones have always had a smartphone. I wish that I would have put in place from the beginning that they turn in their phones at night. I know that I could do that now. I still have two kids at home. We go back and forth on this issue, but I, it's one of those rules that I wish we just would have set from the very beginning. And then it's kind of always a rule. Like in our house, we always go to church on Sunday. That's a rule. No one questions it. We always go on Sunday and the kids always go to youth group on Wednesday. And so it's, it's not a battle because it's always been the rule or the expectation. So with the phones, I wish from the very beginning that we would have had that rule. One, it, it cuts down on maybe some times when they're seeing things inappropriate. And two, it's just a good habit to get into. Frankly, I need to practice it a little bit more, which is, you know, a time to just decompress and not be bombarded by sound and sights and texts coming in and Snapchats and all of those things. So if you are a parent that hasn't quite reached that stage of life, I'm telling you, just make it a rule now and then you just don't ever have to worry about it. Well, that's trivializing it teenagers have minds of their own, but it'll be less of an issue if you implement it from the beginning than if you do it later on. I wish that I would have been better about taking my kids on individual dates or outings. I love the theory of it. And when the kids were little, I loved the theory of it, but there were six of them. That's a lot of dates. And I think I definitely fell into this trap of, of all or nothing. And I heard about friends that did this and they did it every month with their kids. And I just, I couldn't wrap my brain around that. That's like six different outings. And in a Pollyanna perfect world, those outings would be just delightful and you'd be doing fun things together and having this great bonding moment. But let's be honest, sometimes I don't want to go see 
you know, despicable me or I don't want to go ice skating. I really hate ice skating. My daughter likes ice skating. I should be a cool mom that takes her ice skating. I really, I'm bad at it. And then it hurts. I'm old. I'm getting old. It hurts. It takes me forever to recover. You know, I can't just biff it and then get back up and be like superwoman like I was back in my 20s. So, you know, the situations weren't always ideal. But I wish that I would have let go of some of that all or nothing thinking. And maybe it would have just been quarterly or maybe even just twice a year. But I wish I would have taken the time to have those individual experiences with each of the kids. Because I think that's important. I think especially in a large family, it's important. So again, learn from my mistakes. <laughs> Take the time. I'm working on it. I'm working on it, especially with my daughter now. And I need to be better with my son. He's a little bit in the age of, I don't think he thinks that I'm the coolest. So I'm, I'm sure I'm not his first choice of a, you know, date. But I'm thinking on this one because I, I think it's not too late to turn that, this ship around. I wish that I would have let my kids fail more, especially my older ones. I wish I wouldn't have been afraid of the failure. I used to feel like I was always running around behind my kids with this big net, (laughs) trying to save them from making mistakes. Heaven forbid we make mistakes. And it's, oh my, I can think of a million instances where I should have just let the mistake happen and worried less about the mistake and then taught them how to work through that mistake. And it comes from a place of goodness. You know, you want your kids to have great life experiences. You want them to feel good about themselves. You want them to not experience shame or fear or being uncomfortable. But I am learning that actually it's those sorts of things, the guilt and the shame and the fear and being uncomfortable and and basically falling that we learn to kind of get up, brush ourselves off and become stronger, more resilient people. And I think that's what's missing in a lot of our kids nowadays is that idea of resilience. So I wish that I would have been worried less about them failing. Like I said, I think a lot of that came from a place of, well, you know, good intentions, trying to keep them safe from harm or emotional harm particularly. But I also think a small portion of that, if I'm being brutally honest, and my goal in this podcast is to be honest, was to shield myself from shame or embarrassment or guilt or the feelings like I wasn't doing it right. And again, I'm older, I'm wiser, and I care less about that. But I wish that I would have let my kids fail a little bit more. It's interesting. Now, I actually look for ways that my kids can fail. Not in a terrible, life-altering sort of way, but in ways where they can kind of safely fail and learn that failing's not the end of the world and that we have to try again. Sometimes we have to try again and again and again. That, you know, it's okay. We're not meant to be perfect. Life would be boring if we were perfect. It's okay. It's okay to fail. So I wish I would have been better about that. And then one of the final things that I thought about was I wish I would have just chilled out more. Ah, I was really good at freaking out. And maybe it wasn't always super visible, although my kids can 
probably recite to you several instances of a legitimate freak out, but it was in my head a lot. And I'm really good at sort of catastrophizing things in my head and looking at the worst case scenario. But I can think of so many instances where I wish I would have just chilled out. And one of them that comes to mind, I don't even know if my son remembers this, but I remember it. So when my third oldest, who is now 21, was in kindergarten, it was a a busy time. I was, I'm trying to think how old. So we had all six kids and the youngest was a baby. So I had, you know, three in elementary school with the, my third oldest, McKay, being a kindergartner. And then I had two younger ones at home and I, oh, I, I was pregnant. That's what it was. I was pregnant. And then I was pregnant with my sixth child. So a little bit about McKay when he was little, I realize now that he kind of had a lot of anxiety about things and he would get really nervous about any number of items, but I don't know that I completely recognized what that was. I just thought he was quirky and maybe a teeny bit difficult in some areas. But one of the things that was quirky and funny about him was that he did not like costumes. And on Halloween, he did not wear costumes to go trick-or-treating until maybe he was, I want to say like 10, nine or 10. So no joke, we would go trick-or-treating in the neighborhood and he would wear his regular clothes. I'd just hand him his little orange Halloween bucket and he'd knock on doors and say trick-or-treat and nice people would give him candy because he refused to dress up as anything. That just was not his thing. So he didn't like change. We used to buy, I'd have to buy clothes and then put him in his drawer and just leave him there until eventually they didn't f- seem like they were new because he just, he didn't like new things. So wearing a costume trick-or-treating was, was not happening. Well, in kindergarten, a Halloween was on a weekday that year and they were going to have a Halloween party. And then one of those little Halloween parades where all the kindergartners get dressed up and they parade around the school. I don't even know if they do that nowadays. Is that allowed? I don't, I don't know, but that's what was happening. And he had asked for a costume, which was a bit of a process because as we all know now, he did not like costumes. So picking out a costume was a whole adventure and he was pretty particular about. And I tell you, one of my least favorite things in the world is to go to Walmart. And so to go to Walmart with a bunch of little kids and agonize over a costume is not high on my list of fun things to do on a Saturday. But that's what we did. We got the costume. That was the plan. The morning of school comes, morning of the parade, and he's freaking out and he doesn't want to do it and he doesn't want to take his costume and he's he's not going to wear the costume and he's not even going to put it in his bag. So we have this whole thing and I'm, you know, tired. I'm big. I'm pregnant. I'm sure I'm, life is, life is challenging with six small children. And so I get him off the bus, no costume, fine, whatever. He can do the Halloween parade wearing his regular clothes, just like he's going to wear his regular clothes that night, trick or treating. And then I get a call and it's him calling from his little classroom and he's so cute. Hey mom, I changed my mind. Can you bring me my costume? All right. Now, We all know that loading 
two kids into their car seats while you're big and pregnant. Let's, let's back up a little. Getting them dressed in clothing and fed and then loaded into the car seats and then taking them to the school and unloading them from the car seats and making this trek into the school to drop off a costume is not the easiest thing. Or again, at the top of my list of things to do that day. But I'm a good mom. And I said, of course, I will bring you your costume. So I get the kids up. I get them dressed. I get them fed. I waddle out to the car. I load the two kids in. We drive over to the school. I unbuckle them. We parade in. I go into the classroom and hand the kid his costume. And he says, I'm not going to wear it. Now, I would like to say that I handled that with the grace that I should have, but I did not. I had a minor freak out. Now, I didn't yell and I didn't scream. I might have yelled a tiny bit now that I think about it, but I just remember feeling like I was losing it a tiny bit and just saying, do you know how much work this was? I can't believe that you called me and I can't believe that now you're not going to wear it and just stick the stupid costume on and do your parade. And I remember, I can remember looking over and there was this mom next to me. She only had one child dressed in a cute costume and she looked at me with some disdain. And you know what? Rightfully so. This was not a finer parenting moment. I had to apologize later because you know what? It did not matter if this kid wore a costume or not. It didn't matter that it was an inconvenience for me to bring it down there. What mattered is his sweet, tender little soul who didn't like change, who was scared to do something that to me just seemed like a no-brainer. And I needed to be a little bit kinder. I just needed to chill out. So if I had any advice, people, it's just chill out. Life's so much easier. We're easier on ourselves. We're easier on our spouse. We're easier on our children. We're easier on the people around us if we just chilled out. So parenting, there's things I would change. But you know what? I think that's the way it's supposed to be. And like the conversation I had with my my married son, I hope that you changed some of the things that we did. I hope that you're a little bit better a parent than I was and that your kids are a better parent than you were and so on and so on because that's the way it's supposed to be. That's keeping it real. Have a great day.